Welcome back to the Thunkin' Philosophers Podcast. This is Blake. I've got Brandon and Isaac over here. Hello. Hi. We are uh, following up on our last discussion about the Electoral College. You could call this a part two, so to speak. Uh, if we want to do a quick recap, we were basically just addressing what really the Electoral College was and its purpose and its function, so to speak, and how it does work. And then towards the end of that, obviously, we kind of started to discuss most philosophical points about such a thing. and maybe kind of where we might go from there at that point. So now we're kind of just picking up where we left off, kind of mostly starting off on kind of where we think the general public's opinion might be on such an idea like getting rid of or changing the Electoral College altogether. Yes, yeah, so in the, in the last episode, you know, I think we all kind of landed on, you know, at least philosophically, you know, should, the, should we get rid of the Electoral College? I would say... I would say we should. I think we all pretty much yeah. agreed on that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now that we've decided that we should get rid of the Electoral College, like, how would that work? And, you know, like, starting off, you know, is there public support for getting rid of the Electoral College? Just because, uh, you know, the three of us, you know, got on a call and, uh, and came to that conclusion. Is that, where, is that where everybody else is? What do you guys think? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it's... In my own opinion, as far as I can tell, it's is anybody older than I don't know around <laughs> like a generation or much older than us seems to be divided on party lines on that on that yeah. particular topic, uh, and then it seems to be overwhelmingly approved in kind of uh, the general opinion of anybody kind of us or younger than us most of the time. Um, if that's a coincidence, maybe it's just a good one uh, because that's just the one that I happen to notice. But it would make more sense. Because clearly, you know, as you get older, you kind of get set in your ways, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I could understand yeah, why. older conservative, yeah, conservatism yeah. does something they lived with their entire life, with that. Uh, and it worked for them. But, you know, it's it seems to be like as you get older, it seems to just get more and more between are you left or right, and that you should probably should have probably oppose it or uh, support it. it. Yeah, it does. Public opinion is actually is very, um, does appear to be pretty partisan on this issue like most issues today in 2019 i suppose yeah. but uh I, I dug up this politico poll from this year from march of this year 2019 so according to this poll half of voters 50 percent say the national popular vote should be used for presidential elections uh the poll shows 34 percent uh think that presidential elections should be based on the electoral college and 16 percent have no opinion so you know 50 to 34 percent you know it's a fairly significant uh, public support for getting rid of the national popular vote, uh, which you know makes sense. I mean, having a poll like that is kind of a popular. It's a popular vote. Yeah. <laughs> on whether or not they believe in popular votes. Yeah. Oh my god. And you would imagine it might lean one way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it is very partisan, and uh, you know I think there's a simple reason why. Uh, the Democratic nominee has won the most votes. You know, uh, the most popular vote in six of the last seven presidential elections. But two of those times, in 2000 and 2016, uh, they lost the electoral college, and so a Republican nominee with less popular vote actually managed to win the presidency. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you look at those, at those odds, that would mean six of the seven last 
uh, elections that we had, we would have had Democrats, mm -hmm. theoretically, based on that, on that system. Uh, so as a result, the uh, poll found that, you know, 72% of Democrats strongly support the popular vote, and 72%, uh, that's 72 to 16%. Republicans' preference for the Electoral College is not as overwhelming, though. Uh, roughly t uh, two GOP voters prefer the Electoral College, 57% for every one preferring the popular vote, 30%. So, uh, so yeah, so along Democratic lines, 57% uh, prefer the Electoral College, only 30% want the national vote, um, the p national popular vote. Um, oh, it sounds like they won their popular vote. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's based on those part partisan politics. What I don't think that that takes into account is the fact that the largest voting bloc in the United States is registered independent. Yes. And presumably there's a reason for that. If they had strongly supported one of the two major parties... I think they would have picked that they party. They would have picked that party. Yeah. They would have registered that party. So presumably that would mean that the largest voting bloc maybe, and I, I haven't looked up the, pol the statistics for that, but it's presumably a good portion of those people would prefer to have a third or a fourth party. That's something that the Electoral College is set up to basically to keep from happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Electoral College, it expands the margin of victory for whoever wins, whoever wins the presidency. And, th and therefore, it diminishes third-party results. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it, it, so it's it, it really is rigged against a third party. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you hear it all the time, people talking about, well, why should I even vote if, if it doesn't matter? If I'm a registered independent or I see somebody else that I firmly believe is a better candidate, it's a waste of vote. And you'll have people flat out tell you. I know I've had people straight up tell me that before with the last election. It's like, well, why would you vote for that? There's no chance of that person winning at all. Yeah, interestingly, third parties can work as, a, like, theor they, theoretically, they can work as, as a spoilers. <laughs> There's kind of a, an ingrained way that they can go about that. So in 1968, George Wallace was running as a third party candidate. He hoped to basically make himself a quote-unquote kingmaker for either Richard Nixon or Hubert Humphrey. So what he did was he went, he went to both parties and he... Uh, you know, tried to get them to make concessions on policy issues. You know, basically like, okay, well, if you promise to do these things, I will promise my I will uh, promise my electoral votes to your party. Um, and as a third party, the idea is if you can, if you manage to pull enough to pull evenly from both parties, uh, to where the the votes that the third party would get would be enough to swing the election cool. mm -hmm. whenever it came down to those electoral votes you would cast those electoral votes instead of casting them for the third party because electors get to pick who they vote yeah. for those electors could so like a 2016 election for example if uh, uh, Gary Johnson mm -hmm. if Gary Johnson had got um, if Hillary Clinton had worked out a deal with Gary Johnson to where he could, pledged his electoral votes to to Hillary, mm -hmm. um, and he managed to pull from both parties so that 
because if he pulled from one more than the other, he could potentially screw it up where mm-hmm. somebody wins in a landslide. Yeah. But if he balances things out to where they're so close mm-hmm. that those votes matter, his electors would cast their ballots for Hillary, and therefore Gary Johnson would actually be giving the election to Hillary Clinton. Oh, my God. That's how that would work. Uh, so that's what George Wallace tried to do. It didn't work, but he, he came really close. That's insane. But, you know, because of the way that the Electoral College works, when you look at opposed to uh, the way that it, the third party is minimized, he captured 46 electoral votes, but it still de- deflated his results. He won nearly 14% of the popular vote, but he only got 8% of the electoral vote. So by that standard, 4 million votes cast outside the states he carried were wasted. Yeah. So most recently, Ross Perot in 1992, <laughs> he won nearly 20% of the popular vote, but he didn't earn a single electoral college vote. Think about that. Twenty percent of the popular vote. He got one in five votes yeah. in America, and he didn't get a single electoral vote. Why? Think about that. What that means. And then you take into account that the Federal Election Campaign Act ensures public funding to for any minor party that received at least five percent of the vote in the previous presidential election. Now, how hard it is to get that five percent mm-hmm. because of the way that the third party vote is diminished. Yeah. That's because of the Electoral College. Yeah. So presumably, that large voting block of independents, mm-hmm. you know, that's a reason why they, sh- they would want to support abolishing the Electoral College, just to give them more, more options. Give them a party that they would be happy registering. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that's, that's the real point of all of this, is that the Electoral College, its main issue, I would say, is that it's such a huge hamper towards any kind of third party or multi-party system at that point yeah yeah because uh, it, its whole purpose is to elect either a democrat or a republican it's not te- really there like in, in practicality to elect some third party yeah no and then yeah and, it, and in a really close vote or one that gets split to the point that nobody wins the electoral college the vote goes to the house yeah then it's uh then the two parties that own the house yeah exactly so that third party third, doesn't stand a chance. Because a third party is never able to get to the point where they could have an entire state and have a whole legislature right. that they can make that vote in in the first place. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, so I would say, you know, there is definitely, you know, 50% support the popular vote, which is more than the 34% who support the Electoral College, you know, at least according to some polling. And presumably if people understood the electoral college and you know the way that it's rigged against third parties you would see a lo- even larger number mm-hmm. who would support it oh yeah know? definitely and that's that's all about doing your research too like i said before we started doing yeah. this I, I knew some of it and you know I'm, I'm not gonna lie i wasn't very well versed on the subject but looking more into it and you know watching videos of people talking about it reading articles and stuff that i'd found that Brandon and Blake have presented with me that, you know, I go over. It's uh, definitely pushed me more towards let's get rid of it and for those reasons. And I, I don't I don't really see a reason why a whole lot of other people would be for it anymore. Like, I mean, I, I'm still caught up on the whole, you know, it was, you know, originally introduced for these reasons and then 
essentially they didn't feel that the populace was smart enough to make a decision on their own so we'll do it for mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. it's like and, and when you only have two options like well these are your two options dummy like whoa whoa it's, <laughs> yeah it's elitist yeah which that's the weirdest thing about i think the the average republican support for the electoral college is that it's elitist. Yeah, and it's I a don't rather think elitist that, viewpoint. You're right. I don't, the, I don't think that the average Republican is all that elitist. No. I think <laughs> um, really deep down they like to think that, you know, I would hope that they're traditional people that want smaller government with less taxes. That's that's the bare bones kind of Republican. They shouldn't... It wouldn't make sense, really, that that would be something. Well, and, and, and it wouldn't make sense that they would think that, you know, these parties should have the right to say... No, we, you can't You can't be trusted mm -hmm. with this vote. So just pledge your support to me, and we'll make the decision. Yeah. I, is, if, if you were to put it like that, and hopefully the people that listen to this hear that and tell other people, it's like, how does that make you feel? Like, throw everything out, that one statement, how does that make you feel? It pisses me off. Yeah, the, like, it's, it's saying to the common man, you're too stupid to pick the president. Exactly, and that's ridiculous. Like, why would you want to put your faith in a system that's essentially saying that? It, it's insane. It blows yeah. my mind. I just, I, yeah. I don't get it. You know, that's all well and good, that philosophical debate. Okay, it doesn't work. We should get rid of it. There's a broad popular mandate for doing that. How? How do we do that? Mm -hmm. Where would we go from here? Like, what would be the next step? Well, you want to... I mean, yeah, so if if you wanted to talk about, like, your end game goal, kind of where you want to see it all end, you want to probably see either the Electoral College completely removed or its effect negated entirely. Um, right, just nullified. Nullified. But I think we can all agree that that's not something that happens overnight. That's mm -hmm. not something that can happen very easily. In fact, something like that probably takes a lot of like more than just popular opinion uh it might take more than just that it might take actual political will and well, two-thirds but what is the process like so because it's written into the constitution it would to to get rid of it you know erase it from the constitution that means making a constitutional amendment so that means getting two-thirds of the house and senate and three-quarters of state legislators and that's a lot legislatures to uh to pass that that's a big hurdle yeah, that's, it is that's, that's um, and a that, big hurdle. that definitely doesn't happen overnight um but it's not impossible it no, has been done before in has. fact it was done almost immediately uh after the fourth election that we ever had the first two electing george washington and then when so after george washington left it became a uh that first election in 1789 uh is what really prompted or in 1796 is what really prompted making major changes to the Electoral College right mm -hmm. off the bat. So the, ele the original Electoral College made uh, whoever got the second most votes became the vice president. Mm -hmm. So you literally had two people running against each other. You had uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson running against each other, Federalist, Anti-Federalist. And it was a situation where whoever wins, the person who is just spent an entire campaign season running against you becomes your vice president as you can imagine it makes it really difficult to govern oh yeah when you have somebody who's just like diametrically opposed to you mm -hmm. by design yeah your number two guy all of a sudden like could you imagine uh, if that happened today like trump and, and then, hillary yeah, in the white house yeah. it's like 
Hey, so about all that <laughs> stuff I was t- saying about you, um, awkward. <laughs> so sorry about that. Yes. Nothing personal. So, uh, so 1796 was interesting. Then 1800 comes along, and there was a tie. It was a straight up tie. So it went to the uh, it went to the House of Representatives, and they voted a shit ton of times. Uh, like I, I don't even know exactly how many times, but they voted a lot of times, and it was just kind of a stalemate <laughs> where nobody was winning enough. That's where Alexander Hamilton like famously said, "No, we should give our votes to." Uh, we, we need to prevent Aaron Burr from becoming president, basically, and changed everything. So then that's why the 12th Amendment exists. And the 12th Amendment uh, pretty drastically changed the Electoral College because they noticed immediately that it didn't work. So, you know, that was done. And, and then again, the 12th Amendment was, uh, was even like further changed with the, uh, I want to say it was the 24th <coughs> Amendment uh, a while after. But you know it's not it's not impossible. But there is another option that you mentioned, which is nullifying the electoral college altogether, just where it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's already in the works, thankfully. Like we, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. No. But thankfully, but... we're not on the first night. We're yeah. well into this process. Oh yeah. The uh, national popular vote, interstate compact, would render the electoral college irrelevant by getting states with the necessary 270 electoral college votes to tie all of their electoral votes to the national popular vote. So it's just automatically pledging within those states that now, because it's a winner-take-all s- uh, system in 48 states already, mm-hmm. whoever wins those electoral college votes, all of those electoral college votes are immediately tied to the person who won the popular vote. So no matter what, no matter what happens in all of those other states, their, their electoral college votes don't matter at all. The only thing that does is, is the, pop- the popular vote. And currently, the bill has been enacted by 16 jurisdictions possessing 196 electoral votes. Oh, getting there. Uh, so, yeah, we got a lot, we're well on our way. So, the bill will only take effect when enacted by states with 74 more electoral votes to put it over that 270 limit. So, it's not in effect in any states right now, mm-hmm. in that nobody is tying their electoral votes to the national popular vote that won't happen until they have enough to, to reach that threshold that. i see okay now how many of those uh states are <laughs> i guess just to play devil's advocate what color are those states <laughs> currently <laughs> i'm curious i think i already know the answer but well let's see here i can just name some off they seem to mostly be blue states uh california colorado connecticut yeah. Uh, D.C., Hawaii, Illinois, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, Maryland, uh, New Jersey, New Mexico has it enacted, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington. I think that's it. That was pretty much all of them. Yeah. Um, Arizona, it passed in the House, though, in 2016. Oh. Arkansas passed in the House in 20, 2007 and 2009. So, like, it's, it's been passed in the House in several places, Michigan, Minnesota, which makes sense because the House is um, just more populist in general by, yeah. by makeup. We don't have that much farther to go on, you know, making that a reality. Come on, other states. So, as far as what the average citizen can do, you know, they can write their congressman and say, look, we want this to happen. Push it through. Create a broad mandate. You know, only support only p- support uh, you know people at the state level 
who support Not legislation approving yeah. approving the uh, National Popular Vote Bill. Uh, you can find that on nationalpopularvote.com. They got lots of stuff on there showing the status in every state, an explanation of it, uh, and then they address a lot of the myths, you know, the, the stuff that we just talked yeah. about mostly. Um, All the same in stuff. Broader, in broader detail, uh, you can donate to uh, the campaign to make this happen. The one thing that I keep thinking about with it is you said that 10% were undecided on which way they wanted to go. I mean, it's the, the indifference. You know, it's like, oh, I, I don't care. Right. Well, most I think that most indifferent people, just in general on politics, don't vote. Mm-hmm. Mostly. They definitely yeah. don't vote in state elections you know, no. as much. They, they, most people only vote for president and don't take part in any of the other elections. And those are the elections that you have to push this uh, Yeah, it, this on. Yeah this on um, obviously they're the I ones that dictate that, everything yeah i think the ones that most empower over yeah. yeah and creating that po- compact paves the way certainly for just abolishing the electoral college in the constitution once it's nullified mm-hmm. you might as well just get it write it out of the constitution why yeah. not why not at that point oh well You're right. you just gotta these people gotta get up and <clears throat> either start doing something or stop being keyboard warriors and actually doing the things that they talk about and, and getting up and using their voice that they have if you don't feel like you have one well you do hey i just i do all my voting through the mail i don't even have to go now look at that <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand it's not that yeah, hard yeah me neither yeah. I, I haven't i haven't gone to, i don't think, I think i've gone ever to gone to a about uh an actual ballot. to an actual uh I can't what they're called right yeah now. i know i'm trying to wonder too a, <laughs> a voting booth that's i've that's never a, gone yeah. to a polling place i've never gone to a voting booth you didn't want to go and stand in line and have people stare at you and be judgmental? No, no. No, and get else. and get quizzed afterwards and <laughs> yeah. shit. No, fuck that. When I could just he, sign oh, up I, I could have seen 18-year-old Brandon with his long hair walking into a polling place like, oh, we know where this guy's going to vote. <laughs> Hippie. <laughs> I voted for Nader in that election. He, he did. He did because he, he didn't shut up about it for a long time. Yeah. He, he appreciated his uh, commitment. I yeah, I still very much to this day I'm not gonna lie I like I like Ralph Nader a lot he's not perfect but he is a he's a very much a man for the little man and you are quite thin right <laughs> <laughs> so okay moving on uh, so say that we uh, that we got this done yeah right then that is so probably you know the more pragmatic version of passing the uh, uh, what's it called? The National Popular Vote Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, say it's been enacted. Now what? What? What would? What would happen if it? If the Electoral College is nullified or doesn't exist anymore? How? How would that affect politics? Do you think? Um, Honestly, just like the just the glaringly obvious thing right off the bat is that third parties have so much more of a voice in a system that oh, where yeah. all the votes don't just go to one of two things. Uh, if uh, you have a system involved that everybody has a voice, theoretically, and it's not, you don't feel like you're throwing your vote away when you actually put it towards something that it's that popular vote of. It's, it's It means something more when you, you know, put a vote down and you know that even if you're a Republican and you're voting for a Republican, 
and then your electoral college votes are coming in. It still kind of doesn't feel like you did that vote, uh, in my opinion. So right. I I mean if yeah if you're a if you're a hardcore Republican and you live in a California. very blue district and or whatever you live in California, uh, yeah, your vote doesn't matter. Yeah, for you president. gotta at least um, feel like it doesn't matter. But every yeah, why wouldn't every other position it does mm -hmm. when you when you vote everything else is popular vote mm -hmm. so for House Senate you know everything yeah um, that's the only one but do you think that so one I suspect that more more candidates would uh, continue to run after the uh, post um, primaries yeah. Because why not? Oh yeah, yeah like, you're right. That's like maybe point. you maybe you still run as a Democrat for the Democratic nomination, but then if you lose, then why not run as a third party? Mm -hmm. At that point, it's a good point. You still could, and then and then if you run as a third party, even if you lose, if as long as you get more than five percent of the vote, then then you get more campaign funding, and you could become you could become a, a an actual contender mm -hmm. fairly quickly, uh, especially if all yeah. those. All those registered independents just jump on so then you could see three or four parties do you think that people would still feel like at least in the first couple elections probably most people would still feel like voting third party is wasting a vote oh yeah, yeah definitely do you think the presidential election season would maybe get more overwhelming though uh, having more options and more confusion and more debates all the way up to the end where, you know, everybody is squabbling over your votes and stuff, especially be, big cities. It would be a big change, especially from what we would have all been used to, that's for sure. But because, like, historically, I mean, even going back as far as our parents can look, it's always been, well, it finally gets to a point where you just need to pick between two. Uh, and yeah. right. I feel like there's definitely going to be but, people out there that but most feel like going to be overwhelmed by it. Most people aren't ever actually picking between two options. Most True. people, mo at least like most, you know, no partisans, partisans, you know, people who are, you know, strongly Republican or strongly Democrat, they're not picking between two options. Hillary was never an option for them. Mm -hmm. uh, like it, it would take true. it would take a lot for the Democrat to take their vote, but maybe a Libertarian could. Yeah, maybe some other conservative group could. Uh, um, maybe the Nazi Party would. <laughs> yeah, I don't, oh my God! You know, uh, you know, the Communist Party would pop up all of a sudden. Yeah. Who knows? Um, my name is Jadolf. Oh God! But uh, no, it's if it, it, you know, it would be hard to support one of those that you know doesn't stand very much chance. I think that more pe more candidates would spread themselves out more. They would go to more. They would hit more of the country they would target different different states yeah, and areas I would agree with that more too. specifically rather than going by oh well these are the these are the swing states and I need to try to win those no matter what yeah. it would they would have to you would have different swing states you know depending on what you kind of mm -hmm. what the demographics are and what the the general consensus is in different in different areas and those are the places that you would target mm -hmm. as a as a candidate but you know, it it would still probably like people wouldn't want to vote for, for one of the, one of the ones that they think is definitely going to lose. But something that could potentially change that is just ranked choice voting. Yeah. That was so, are idea. you guys familiar with ranked choice voting? So I was reading up on this 
um, last week, and I hadn't ever honestly heard about this before reading about it. And um, that's an interesting system that I had never even considered, to be honest with you. Uh, it, I had to read it over because it was didn't seem as straightforward as I might have understood right off the bat. But. Yeah, so ranked choice voting, sometimes it's referred to as instant runoff voting. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it does seem confusing to people definitely at first, but you, it's actually surprisingly simple. What you do is, uh, presumably you could do it with any number of, uh, any number of candidates, but let's just say you have four, you get four options, uh -huh. right? Uh, what you do is you pick your top four options and you, and you rank them by priority, by preference. So say you're a libertarian, mm -hmm. uh, conservative libertarian, you might ri have ranked Gary Johnson as your number one choice. Uh -huh. That's the person I most want. Mm -hmm. And then you rank Trump as your second choice. Uh -huh. And then you rank whoever as the third choice, and whoever as the fourth least choice. Right? And your least last. favorite one, that's, that's the next one. So you turn in your ballot, they count, what they do is they count up all the first preference ballots. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and then they count up all the first preference ballot, ballots, and then they toss all the last pres preference, or uh, whoever takes on first preference, whoever takes last place in first pre preference votes. Uh -huh. Gets removed. Gets removed from the list. Okay. And then, and then they go to the second choice. On so the, now you on have those three lists. Jobs. So so if your first choice Gary Johnson lo loses, that's fine. It gets it it gets thrown out. Uh, your second choice goes to all your ballot ends up casting a vote for Trump instead. Okay. So it doesn't okay. get wasted. Uh, so you could do okay. that. You could support your first your first option, and then have a fallback. It gives you a fallback, and then it it keeps going until somebody has enough votes. Until, and, until, you know, that tallies up to the popular vote and mm -hmm. then somebody wins. And that's, that's really, like, the genius of it. It's like, yeah. that's, it seems, once you explain it, and it's pretty easy to explain, it's like, well, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, I, we would toss out that last one, the last preference vote. Yeah, it makes sense, because nobody obviously wanted that. Or the least amount of people, most amount of people didn't want that one. And it would just go by preference afterwards. Uh... I don't think people would have to worry about, like, it wouldn't be a situation where a Trump voter would feel like they voted for Hillary, because that's that wouldn't have happened in that situation. No, not at all. No. Yeah. It it's, would go, it's, it your, your vote would only count towards somebody that you prefer. Yeah, exactly. In some respect. In some respect. Right. Uh, and, you know, ranked choice has already been passed at the state level in Maine. In Maine? Uh, and seven states contain jurisdictions that had implemented uh, ranked choice voting at the local level. Another five states contained jurisdiction, jurisdictions that had adopted but not yet implemented ranked choice voting in local elections. So that's already, it's already pretty popular. I have a family member who's a, an elected member of the Green Party and, uh, you know, at a local level. Um, and they used ranked choice voting to decide in his election. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so it's, it's becoming pretty popular so i think i think there just are other options just those two things um you know uh, nullifying the electoral college in and of itself would make a major change to oh, our, yeah. our election system and then 
definitely implementing ranked choice voting would also, especially once that's once that's done, would also drastically change people's votes. And I think that that would make a lot less people feel disen so disenfranchised. Yeah. I think that that's a great way to get people involved in politics. Mm -hmm. So where they are voting and they, they feel like and they know that their vote matters and their vote counts regardless of, oh, yeah. regardless of where they live. No, I, I definitely like it. And, and just to, to add on to that a little bit, you know, going back to a couple of things was you, you got to look at today's day and age. Everybody's got a, most everybody's got a phone in their hand with internet access. I mean, there's all kinds of social media, like we talked about before, there's newscasts going 24 seven. It's kind of hard not to be at least be like, Oh yeah. Do you want, I heard about that guy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, where, you know, even 20 years ago, it was significantly harder than it is now to be, to run and to get your voice heard better, better than just, you know, newspaper or word of mouth when you can just saturate the market with your name and get your voice heard and your message across and people are going to hear it regardless. So I, I definitely think that plays a huge um, impact on changing the way we're doing mm -hmm. things. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely... I mean, I think the Trump election uh, signifies a, a, a pretty major push towards just populist ideals in general. Yeah. Um, even though he lost the popular vote, uh, it was a pretty populist message within the Republican Party. Him winning the, uh, him winning the, the nomination. Yeah, that the primary that was nomination. More democratic yeah. than a democratic nomination. Yeah, truly. Yeah. yeah. Um, no super de delegates. Yeah. You know, uh, which I'm not going to get into, but yeah. that's a whole other. Uh, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a whole but that's episode. that's another complicated issue. Uh, just talking about the way that the way that parties manage did, their, didn't, uh, their nomination processes. Did, didn't Trump, uh, he was quoted as saying that he supported the abolishment of the Electoral College at one point, and then after he got elected, he's like, no, do you want, this is a good thing. Yeah, well, it does work. I mean, I like it. you know, with Trump, virtually everything he's said, he's negated at some point. Yeah. <laughs> he's contradicted himself on on everything but yeah yeah, yeah but he I, has I really like he that. has uh spoke about <laughs> spoke about getting rid of the electoral college he's definitely he's made the claim that <laughs> even that getting rid of the electoral college would actually make it easier for him mm -hmm. uh he's like uh, that would actually be easier for me because of the way that this works or he was very non-specific you know obviously um, natural way. yeah yeah but you know i mean he's also i mean he ran as a republican and uh he's actually passed some gun uh, already he's done more gun control than obama did and uh and he's on the heels of he might be passing s some sweeping uh background here. check measures yeah. uh here pretty pretty soon who knows um he last last I think yeah last year the year before he got topic. rid of uh, bump stocks um which is a pretty pretty significant mm -hmm. deal. Um, a bump stock stock basically, it recoils your stock the stock of your gun back into from your shoulder back into the gun and to pull the yeah. trigger again. Yeah, so it makes your semi-automatic uh, rifle fire faster. Yeah. 
See now, if I could only have that for my gaming controllers, and may maybe I'd be maybe I'd actually yeah. be a lot better gamer than I am. Yeah, that's a bit of a bit of a tangent, but uh, yeah. So anyway, you know, <laughs> I think there's a big push for this kind of uh, for this kind of um, legislation. Yeah, for um, this change in general. Yeah. yeah, if you support nullifying the electoral college, like I said, um, call up your state representatives and uh, support the National Popular Vote um, Bill. Yeah, the National Popular Vote Bill. Get up and bill. do something. Yeah. And uh, you can make that happen. Please. It would be pretty significant. Yeah. And uh, maybe support ranked choice voting too while you're at it. Uh, anybody else have I any final thoughts? What do you guys think was the, uh, the most surprising thing to come out of this discussion for you? Uh, I, uh, well, I had never heard about ranked choice voting before and that was that was a surprising and pleasantly yeah. you know refreshing way to think about how you would vote for somebody i'd never considered it that way and considering it now that's honestly a fantastic option that i would fully support if i ever got the opportunity to um as far as just like this whole topic in general i just i like to try and point out to people it's it's easy to just not feel like you have any say or any effect on the matter um, most of the time in situations like these especially on such a big national topic like the electoral college and that's why it's good to remember that the most of amount of your power your voting power comes from your local uh, municipality wherever it is you're lo voting locally that's where you can get the most amount of your voice made theoretically and that's where really we would start with all this electoral college stuff yeah, it is interesting, certainly in our system as it stands right now, yeah. with the Electoral College, since most people only vote in presidential elections, and that's the vote, that's the time when your vote matters the least. Yeah. Uh, that's a little backwards. We people More people should be participating in local elections, mm -hmm. and getting involved at the party yeah. level, and, and, you know, and at the local levels, and the state lo levels, um, to really have the biggest say. And I the uh, the thing that I've always I've always really supported is uh, our structural changes to the to our system. I think that m making a coming up with an electoral system that is better at finding qualified co candidates will inevitably you know lead to you know more positive changes. Mm -hmm. You know, just just having more qualified people. Yeah. You know, and giving the populace more of a say in it is is where you can make the the biggest changes. It, it's like if you if you run a business and you have one position, especially if that position is like the CEO, and you get keep getting CEOs who keep tanking your business and you keep having to fire them and hire a new guy. At a certain point, you got to stop and think: how are how is HR deciding on these people? Mm -hmm. Can we look at this process? How are we evaluating these people? How do we keep ending up with people who don't know what the fuck they're doing? Yeah. How do we keep in ending up with people who are immoral like and corrupt and whatever you want to, however you want to think about it? You know, you th you would th you go straight to the hiring person. Orange. Maybe you fire that person. Yeah. You know, so in this case, we're firing the electors because I'm yeah. sorry, electoral college members, you yeah. guys suck. <laughs> no, nobody. Nobody I don't even know likes who you are. Options. And I don't Hillary like you. and and Trump, like them or not, whatever, they were the least popular candidates to run against each other in a major presidential election. Least popular. It, 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 
it's like almost anybody would be more popular than these people. Yeah. Can we just fix the way that we're doing this, you know? Uh, Isaac, what was the most surprising yeah. thing for you? <clears throat> Shoot, dude, just everything in general. Like I said, just coming into this and and doing the research and actually looking into it more in depth than I have before. And it definitely makes me feel like we need this change. We need a, we need any change, really. I mean, let's let's put the options out there. Uh, especially, like I said, with the rise of technology that we've had and to be able to get these other people's voices out and heard and seen and these other options put together. It's like, well, why, why not? Why can't we explore that? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense to me anymore of why we're doing the things that we are. I mean, I, I guess I do understand to a certain extent because like Blake said before, people just get comfortable in the way we're doing things and it's just the way we've always done it and it's fine. Let's just don't even want to mess with the up. mess that it would create well why not yeah i mean it's there, there's no reason for it anymore but def definitely the other options that sh that you presented sound right off the bat a lot better than what we already do what we already have right i think so that a lot of people you know even even you know so yeah most people don't really understand how the electoral college works I would say um, but also I think that you know on top of that most people I think thought that well you know the founding fathers put a lot of thought into this and they came up with the best system yeah. but I think How you know one of the most surprising <laughs> things about this for me was finding that like actually even the founding fathers didn't think it was a good system mm -hmm. it's what they ended up with to start with and it wasn't a big deal for the first t two times around because we elected George Washington, who everybody everybody, everybody supported, yeah. Yeah. and then re-elected George Washington. And then we had two more elections, and immediately everybody was like, fuck, this doesn't work. And they made some yeah. significant changes to it. And then, and then little tweaks kept coming up, and have kept coming up where we have continuously just realized and re-realized that shit this still doesn't work yeah you know and uh and you know another thing that really changed everything was when all the states decided to you know 48 of the states decided to give all of their electoral college votes to one person in that winner take all system that screwed it up even more mm -hmm. so it's it's reached a point where the founding fathers would look at our system they wouldn't even really recognize it and they would hate it yeah they would absolutely be livid about the way that our election electoral system works today they didn't foresee the extent of this two-party system the way that it would exist you know and and they don't support that so and they wouldn't support it so yeah i do think that there's a pretty bit major mandate for for making these changes uh those definitely. are definitely some of the the things that most surprised me were the actual yeah, the history of it, you know, mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. uh, kind of how we ended up with this, <laughs> this the system web. that we have. Something that I, you know, we didn't really touch on, but, you know, probably would be its own topic altogether is campaign finance uh, mm -hmm. and, and uh, well, and campaign funding. So, you know, things like Citizen, Citizens United, you know, super PACs those kind of issues but that you know that's a whole other can of worms that would take yeah. a while to talk about but uh 
It's another two episoder. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. But I feel I feel really good about this. I'm glad. Uh, you know, we all seem to be on the on the same page. Uh, maybe a little too much. Hopefully, uh, in oh, the future, we'll, maybe in the future we'll disagree on a little more, and it'll get more interesting. Oh, yeah. If, if only me and Brandon had been doing this longer for as long as we've known each other and the back and forth that we've had that we didn't record, like even before we decided to do a podcast. Oh boy, that's some good entertainment there. But we were never, we were never dicks to each other. Right. Well, that's, I'm, that's I'm looking thing. to change that the next time, next time around. Hopefully we'll pick a more oh. contentious issue. Uh, just throw my mic and quit recording. You never hear from me again. <laughs> But uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Uh, at the very least, it was informational, and you stuck through. If you did, uh, thank you. Uh, like us on <laughs> Facebook, all of that jazz. We appreciate the support in any capacity. This has been the Thunkin' Philosophers Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.